0: Welcome back to the TOT cast guys. Joining me this week is Damar Grant, one of the new staff writers we have here at Tip of the Tower. Damar, how you doing, man? Doing great. Finally,
1: uh, finally get on the pod. I'm
0: excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to get you on the site, man. I've been waiting to talk to you about basketball for quite a while now, so it's nice to have you on. Um, let's just jump right into it here. Let's talk about the Raptors game tonight. What a W it was! They were up by 20, and they almost blew it there down the stretch. But it kind of never felt in doubt. Uh, 99-91 final. What were your thoughts on the game? Let me hear from you.
1: I really thought that the Raptors, like from the from the jump, actually
0: Raptors were just
1: like completely in control of the game. It's I think it was a wire to wire win because they scored what eight eight in a row early. Yeah, so. it was
0: a wire to wire win.
1: So yeah, I just you know when I was watching the game, I never really felt. Actually, when they were going into the half, that's when I felt like, oh man, like he might actually make a run to come back here.
0: Well, they've had such an issue closing out quarters that every time when Lowry came off and the rest there for in the, late in the first and late in the second, they inched a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer, but it never really felt in doubt like you're saying with that. Um, thoughts on DeMar DeRozan? I mean, hey, perfect from the stripe tonight, 34 <laughs> points, four boards. It was nice to see.
1: I'm, I think I'm like one of his uh, largest critics, especially since we
0: share a namesake. You know, I, <laughs> I feel like. Well, he's got the capital M, man. So you got the lowercase M going on.
1: Yeah, I feel like I should just be like really um, critical of the way he plays. I don't really like the way he plays, but he was playing. Uh, like I don't like his shot selection, just like his general play style. But today he played well. You know, his mid-range twos were going in. Those uh, floaters and in, in the paint were going in. Everything lo- looked like it was going in for a while.
0: Well, I think the best thing for him tonight was that he was actually attacking the basket. I mean, getting to the line 11 times. Last time we seen that was when. I'd actually have to go back and look it up. It's been so it's, damn long.
1: I'm pretty sure that was like the regular season.
0: Yeah, That's I'm almost the, certain it was.
1: Because versus the pace, against the Pacers, he was um, guarded by Paul George. And Paul George doesn't really foul you that much. You know, yeah. when, part of being a good defender is not fouling quef- frequently. That's why you never see like Kawhi Leonard or uh, Draymond Green. Paul George, they never foul out. LeBron James never fouls out either.
0: What did you think about um, Kyle Lowry tonight? I mean, Dragic is a player that he should eat up, who's not a great defender either. He kind of lit it up there down the stretch of the two dagger threes, but for the most part, Lowry was ineffective shooting the ball again tonight, and he had his struggles, but he still filled up the stat sheet right across the board. 25 points, 10 boards, 6 assists. I mean, he was doing it all tonight. What were your thoughts on him?
1: You know, when I saw the 10 boards, I actually thought it was a mistake, because I didn't really, <laughs> cause I was, I didn't really think that... uh. That he was rebounding that effectively, and then, like, you know, I was getting... You know when uh, somebody, when the point guard gets the rebound, they usually tend to push the ball in transition? And mm-hmm. I realized that they were doing that a lot, so it, then it sort of made sense to me that, yeah, he was getting a lot of rebounds. So I was, basically, I was drawing the, the result from, like, the result of the transition points from his rebounds, but, yeah, the, overall, he played well, you know, his assists were okay, six assists, that's kind of meh for a point guard... But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a well played game. Five twenty nine, nine of twenty five. It's pretty lackluster, but I guess they'll live with it.
0: Yeah, he didn't shoot the ball very well at all down the stretch. I mean, he was what one for eleven at one point, I think it was, and then he or two for fourteen the second half. Sorry, there it is. Before the big three balls, so his shooting woes continue, which is a huge issue though.
1: It's so weird. He has like uh, at the beginning of the game, he looks good. Every time he looks good, he's like I. I have it in my notes here. Like he drained two threes in the first quarter, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's back! I can't believe this! Finally, Kyle Lowry will be hitting threes again." And then he just goes ice cold from three again. Everybody in the in the stadium feels like despondent. And is like, "Oh man, he actually isn't back! I can't believe this."
0: Well, before we speak about fans getting a despondent in a frenzy thanks to Bismack Biyombo, what do you think the Raptors' issues are when Lowry's not playing? In the first half alone, they were plus twenty four when he's on the court, and they were minus fourteen without him. <laughs> What is it that they can't perform without Lowry on the floor?
1: It's, um, it's kind of weird to say this, but because it's an intangible. But the like the leadership, you know, when he has the ball, everybody he's directing traffic. Him and Patrick Patterson, which is really odd to say, because Patrick Patterson is a, a power forward, but they're always like directing traffic and telling people where to go. I feel like when like, Corey Joseph's in, even though he's like you know he's a very good uh, uh, point guard replacement point guard.
0: Yep. but uh, he's just
1: not cap- just doesn't feel like he's capable of um, directing the team very well, and especially when Cory Joseph's in. Uh, Demar Derozan is also in, so like it ends up being De- the Demar Derozan show, and it's a bunch <laughs> of mid-range twos and post-ups. And he's not the best ball handler, so that's also affecting, you know, the turnover rate while he's out of the game.
0: Well, the guy dribbles the ball like a thousand times when nobody else is on the floor, so it's it's ridiculous there. Yeah, yeah. One thing I noticed with DeRozan though, too, when he's on the floor without Lowry, is um, his weak side defense. He kind of falls asleep, and we saw that on a bucket there late in the second, uh, late in the second quarter. It, I, I agree with you with the whole point that when Lowry's not on there, they don't have the leadership. But what is it that gets DeRozan so lackadaisical at times on weak side defense? It's, it's something I rip my hair out about every game I watch.
1: It's actually like a, a reoccurring question with a bunch of like analysts that I'm that I'm noticing is uh. They're questioning whether or not... Do you think DeMar DeRozan's a good defender?
0: Well, I don't think so at all, to be quite honest.
1: Like, do you think, like, not even average, just, like, a below-average defender? Like, where, where, do you, where would you put him on the spectrum
0: of defending? I'd put him below average, just just below average, literally. Because the thing with him is he picks and chooses when he wants to play good defense. He'll get lazy with it, and sometimes his best defense is his offense.
1: All right, yeah, you're, yeah that makes sense to me. Okay, so... What was, so after the DeMar DeRozan show, it basically after uh, Kyle Lowry goes out, right, he has the ball in his hands most of the time, and uh, you know what I noticed a lot when he shoots the ball, it's basically the Kobe assist that we were, that we were talking about earlier. Um, it really affects like how, Bismack, how good Bismack Biombo is, like that the Kobe assist is basically how he scores points all the time. Have you
0: noticed that? Yeah, no, I have. Do you feel like Bismack feels like he's never going to get the ball though, so he just kind of default crashes the glass?
1: I mean, he has to. He has to because he basically has stone hands. If he doesn't. If he doesn't grab the rebound. Like I, it's pretty much the only way he catches a pass is if he's like wide open and there's nobody around him and he doesn't have to shoot the ball after. Like he just needs to catch the ball at the top of the key or something. That's the only way he catches the pass.
0: Well, there was the one where he caught top of the key. There, he broke it well off the air. Where. Uh... He literally sent the ACC to Frenzy, which was Biombo. you mind uh, breaking that down again for us? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, so there was this sequence with uh, Biombo where, okay, this is exactly what we're talking about with the Kobe assist, where DeMar DeRozan, like, shoots his fadeaway jumper, right? It rims off. He grabs the rebound. It's a tip dunk, right? So the ACC's like, oh, my God, Bismarck, Biombo's the greatest. And then <laughs> the he come back down, and uh, Wade basically puts up, like, this, w- he's, like, driving into the lane. Bismack contests it and blocks him, right? And, you know, there's a problem with Dwayne Wade. Whenever he plays, like, you know, he's a slasher, so he's like, he likes to go to the rim. But if you're contested well or blocked and you're a slasher, you tend to go into the crowd, or, like, into the, the, the cameras. So by doing that, it creates a 4-on-5 with the other... 5-on-4 uh, with the other team, right? So the Raptors come back down. It's 5-on-4. Kyle Lowry has the ball. And since the Heat is scrambling to defend everybody else... He's able to just like give the ball. like Bismack comes down the lane, and he's able to dish the ball to Bismack. Nobody picks him up, and he just, two-handed jam, places on fire again.
0: It was an easy bucket for a trailer there. I mean, it was a play that was really simple. Um, I'm, I was really happy with Lars' decision-making there. I feel like, although his shot's not there, he's made optimal decisions throughout the, this entire postseason, which is a really nice sight to see. Would you agree with that, or do you kind of think he's been uh, shaky at times?
1: No, oh man, he looks good. He's playing great defense. Like, you, don't, you don't have to score. Even if you are a scorer, you don't have to score to be like, effective in the game, to have an impact on the game. Because even if you're not scoring, there's a threat of you scoring. So People are still afraid that you're going to take that pull-up like, jump shot, or you're going to drive to the rim and try to go for a layup instead of passing it. Yeah. So you can do other things and still have the threat of shooting be it, and, and allow that to be effective for you.
0: Well, do you view Kyle Lowry as a scorer, though?
1: I mean, yeah, that's his, best, that's his best attribute as a player. I mean, you can use average 20, what was it, like 21.7 points per game. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's it, 21% point, 21.7 points per game. That's your best attribute. I mean, he doesn't, he's not necessarily known for his assists, you know.
0: Yeah. He's known it, for getting to the cup, right, as a bulldog. Yeah, exactly. It's mostly, like,
1: drives to the rim, layups, fouls, like foul shots. You know he's a good defender too. He kind of reminds me of uh, He kind of reminds me of Chris Paul, Chris Paul in a way, where he's just like playing this, this easy, awesome, easy. this awesome defense has six foot right, and he's just like shooting the. The only thing that he's missing is the, the assists. You know, right. if he if just shot them, if Chris Paul, just shot the ball every single time. I guess that would be what Kyle Lowry is. But other than that, yeah, I think he's been playing well.
0: If there's an area, though, I could say with Kyle, right, I'd like to see him improve, I guess, through his postseason. Just given his shooting well, is I wish he'd emulate more of like a Jason Kidd game. Just kind of lead on the floor, get everybody in line defensively. I'm talking J-Kidd before the three ball, because in Dallas, when he finally got the three ball, it was a whole new J-Kidd. Mm. But right now, I mean considering that he's playing 38 to 42 minutes a night, just lead out there, cut his shot selection down a bit, because let's face it, these long threes aren't helping anybody. Quite frankly, they're just creating transition opportunities for Miami more often than not. So I wouldn't mind seeing him take on more of a Jason Kidd type role with uh, less shooting, more playmaking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But then it becomes a problem of uh, the offensive system, which is a whole other issue in itself.
0: I don't think we have enough time to break down the offense, <laughs> it's atrocious <laughs> I mean
1: if you're going to run a 1-5 screen and roll for your entire offense and nobody else moves it's kind of hard to get assists that way so.
0: well the 1-5 screen and roll we don't even see consistently usually it's just clear out iso with yeah. no movement it's just dead set after dead set
1: you- yeah that's, that's what uh, that's what DeMar is going to be getting paid uh, max money to be doing for the rest of his uh, what would be four years
0: like 20 million 25 million you know what? We're, we're gonna talk about that <laughs> later, because I—that's <laughs> just it's agonizing. DeMar DeRozan is one colossal gamble for the Raptors that they're probably gonna have to take. That we'll get into later. But right now, we can't just live in the moment and enjoy him right now. Uh, I mean,
1: okay, yeah, we can enjoy ad- him. Eleven, 11, <laughs> 11 of twenty-two. You know, eleven free throws, thirty-four points. Played well. No, I, will say, I would say I'd honestly say he played well. That's a good Demar
0: Derozan game. That's a good Demar Derozan stat line, in my opinion. But I do feel like we're just setting ourselves up for the seven for twenty six performance next uh, next Friday.
1: Yeah, welcome to Miami.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like that's just coming no matter what. Yeah, um, you know,
1: I heard something on the on the low post where it was uh, Jared, Jared Dudley was speaking to. Oh yeah, yeah, it was Jared Dudley and Zach Lowe, or where he said. Uh, People shoot better in the warm weather, like in Miami. Mm-hmm. People tend to shoot better, so it kind of um, kind of got me thinking. Remember when Kyle Lowry went off for like a bu- like a bunch of points in the fourth?
0: I yeah. was in Miami. I was, was in Miami, Miami. man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually Maybe look into it, that now. That you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, it's just he said like anywhere, anywhere the place is like warm, people tend to shoot better. Like people just enjoy the weather better.
0: He just said it was strictly weather related. It had nothing to do with like anything else. Mm-hmm.
1: No, no, just the weather. So I have a feeling it's just anecdotal, but then it kind of struck a struck a chord with me because Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry was uh, on fire that game.
0: That makes sense. Maybe that explains Ray Allen's three back against the Spurs in, uh, what was that, Oh nine 9 that series too? Remember that mm-hmm. was the finals, that big three? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that was... it must have been the weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you make about, uh, where is it here? I'm just checking at the box score. Oh, Demari Carroll. You know, he didn't play very well tonight, and then... I mean, the scare with his wrist. It's Luckily, it's not broken, but yeah. man, were you not holding your breath when he went down?
1: You know, this series is starting to like, turn into a, a pyrrhic victory for whoever wins. Like Whoever wins, like just, you're going to end up losing your center, your small forward. Because remember, the Heat lost Luol Deng. I don't know if you noticed this, but the Heat weren't playing Luol Deng. He was in the locker room. The yeah, he got time. hurt too. Yeah, the same time Damari was in the locker room. So if you're missing your... Starting small forward, you're missing your uh, starting center. I mean, who's really left on your team to play against the Cavs in the next round?
0: Well, I just feel like either one of these teams is just going to show up and get waxed off in five games anyways. Mm-hmm. But o- o- what the hell is taking the Raptors so long to attack down low? There's no white side. They got nobody. Justice Winslow's a center, for Christ's sake, and they're just refusing to attack down <laughs> low. What's the deal with that?
1: I'm, I, have you remember when, uh, when LeBron was on the heat and uh... – Chris Bosch was the center. they used to everybody was uh, asking, how are they going to possibly defend the rim with Chris Bosch being the center, he's not necessarily you know a hefty defender, and he doesn't like get a ton of blocks, but the offense that they're running or sorry, the defense that they're running right now is mostly like the heat of old where. On the pick and roll, they're attacking you, so they'll hard hedge on everything, yep. cause double teams, make you pass the ball. That's why whenever you see like Demar Derozan running his screen and rolls, he usually gets double teamed, and yes, yeah. like yeah, and he gets locked up, and he has to dish the ball away. So that's what the Heat used to do when LeBron was on the team. He would leverage all this athleticism that they had. So when they have no center, all they have, ne- all they have left is athletic threes. So that's what they're gonna do. They're just gonna trap everything, switch everything.
0: So it's harder to get to the rim, because even if
1: you're DeMar DeRozan, right, and say you, have, uh, you would have Luol Deng on you, and you run your screen and roll with uh, Biombo, since Winslow is guarding him, they just switch. Now Winslow's on you. So you don't really get an advantage when you run your pick and rolls.
0: No, Winslow's a great matchup for DeMar. Well, actually, sorry, it's the other way around. DeMar's a great matchup for Winslow is what I meant to say. He can, he can cover him all day. Yeah, exactly. What kills me, though, is that when the Raptors do move the ball around, they get good results. But I know, unfortunately, being an ISO offense all season, expecting them to move the ball out of nowhere all of a sudden is just, it's not going to happen. We're asking for too much here. But I really wish they would adjust a little bit and actually swing it down low and set up maybe a back-to-the-basket with Bionbo just to set up the inside-out game. And I know is terrible down low. I mean, we might get that, what was that, that hook he had on Shaq? Oh, man, in there. You yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, where it went over... was shocked. <laughs>
1: You know, it's kind of, yeah, that's a little bit of a, a, you know, it's a shock. It's a shocker for anybody if, like, JaVale McGee is astonished. Like, he's the star of Shaqting the Fool, you know, so.
0: Well, I mean, (laughs) deserved Dude, where is he in the league right now? Like, do you even know what team he's on right now? I swear he's on Dallas. No, was he on Dallas?
1: Okay, we'll we'll say he's on Dallas. I'm pretty sure that's where
0: he was this year. He didn't get released.
1: (laughs) Okay. Hey, man, so what were you, so we already talked about the Biambo sequence you think that's like the, that was the sequence that won the game for the Raptors? Like what was the thing that stood out for you? Was like, Wow, okay, we're finally going to win this one. Game six is, is ours. Or game five is ours, sorry.
0: For me personally, the Biombo sequence was pretty big. But if I had to pick one actual defining moment, uh, it was down the stretch seeing Kyle Lowry close out a game like he did all regular season for us. The back-to-back threes, taking charge out there, pushing the ball in transition. Um, basically, those two threes were when I knew it's over. Because I won't lie to you. I bet pretty heavily, it's no secret, and seeing Scott Foster and Tony Brothers together on the same court is terrifying because you know there's going to be a ton of free throws and the game's going to be close no matter what. So I was worried about that the whole time. I'm like, Scott Foster, this is his third game in three nights. He'll find a way to make this game close. And thank Kyle Lowry for making those two threes because that really put the game away. That's, for me personally, when I knew that the game was quote-unquote done. Um, What about yourself? All right, so you're like...
1: You're like the the Bob, or... <laughs> Yeah, I'm <am> like <laughs> I'm just like
0: Harrellabob, <laughs> minus you, you. the large amounts of money that he puts down. I don't put that yeah, down. Exactly. Um. Sorry. What was your question? I was going to say, what was the moment for you? Was it the Biombo moment, or was it something else?
1: Yeah, for me, you know, it's it's odd that you can say that the game was won during the second quarter, but uh, they were up by 20 points in the second quarter. They never surrendered the lead after that. After that yeah. sequence, so Can't I close. feel like. Yeah, it, you know it came, it came close, you know, at near the end. But uh, it felt like it just after that, it was we had so much momentum. And being at home, when you have like the the home crowd, you know, giving you that uh that extra inspiration just to play well. Like it, you just don't feel like you can lose. That's the real reason why there's home court advantage. That's why they call it home court advantage.
0: Well, I was lit in the ACC, man. You could hear the people; they were drowning the noise out for the TV. I know, I know. You know, here got died. a pair of questions for you. One's yeah. kind of a comical joke, one, and one's like a serious one. So, who was more lost on the court, Bebe or Jason Thompson? <laughs> I think it's Jason Thompson, man. Because I'm. Are you yes, serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You saw Bebe, right? Bebe, looked, yeah. man, he wanted to set a screen on the ref. He was just—that's all he was trying to do—is set screens.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, the Raptors only want you to set screens if you're a center, but uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, if I when I was watching the previous game, I. He looked good, man. He was contesting shots at the rim. You know, he's, I think he got a couple, like a block on Dwayne Wade. You know, there was a couple times where he was just like lost when he was like supposed to be, uh, you know, he was like the help side defender and, uh, he would help. Right. And he, or sometimes he would just like not even think about the man that's behind him that would be moving. So he's a little bit lost, but like Jason Thompson, like he doesn't have any, I didn't even, you saw, you know that he's in the game. No, because they call his number when he goes in, but he doesn't have any sort of impact
0: at all. I don't have. He didn't score. I think he scored like once. Oh, he got, got one co- bucket. There's a vine of it. I'll send it to you. It's pretty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he scored once, and that was, and that's it, and a couple rebounds. So,
0: well, he was a cool minus nine on the floor too. So that tells you about his impact. Yeah, exactly. Only uh, Corey Joseph was lower plus minus tonight. He was minus twelve. Believe it or not.
1: Yeah, you, know, you know what? I feel like uh, Corey Joseph is a. Uh, He's struggling a little bit in this in this series, which is kind of weird, because when I see him aesthetically, it looks like he's playing well, but he's also taking these like mid-range twos from the elbow, and those are, you know, it's a make-or-miss If you're making them, those are only two points, but if you're missing them, you're like, shoot shot a three instead.
0: Well, I think Dragic and, uh, and Wade have kind of worn him down a bit, because he's been covering them for the most part. Um, Dragic is a dirty player. I'm not a fan of him. I mean, I'll make no bones about it. He is so, a, bit a dirty, but you don't think he's a dirty player?
1: Wild, wild allegation. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's, uh, I'm not going to say that it's
0: not true, but oh, throwing I mean, it out there. You call it a wild allegation <laughs> if you're not going to deny it. you got to refute an allegation.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there was that play with him and, uh, Beyond it both. was Jason, no, it was Jason Thompson was that was it? on the yeah. yeah.
0: The forearm there that he had on him?
1: Yeah, it was like the knee to the, what does it Chris Webber call it, the bread basket? Yeah, and then, <laughs> that's and then, what he uh, calls it, yeah. And the elbow to the chin, yeah. I'm surprised that he didn't get a flagrant or a technical for that at all. And he even reviewed it, which was amazing. And yeah, still I don't know. know
0: how. It's ridiculous how he gets away with it game after game after game. But not to deviate too far off point with that, Um, I do think they're wearing him down a bit in terms of they're bigger than Corey Joseph. Uh, Dragic is bigger than most people give him credit for, and Wade is... Oh, He's a hall of famer. He's just so crafty with the ball that I feel like Joseph is just getting worn down here in this series because they leaned on him a lot in the Indiana series, and mm-hmm. he kind of matched up with George Hill for the most part there, who was another physical player. So I just feel like all the minutes, all the wear and tear is just this is getting tired down. Yeah. Um, yeah talking that. about wear and tear, though, there's a one. The other question I had to ask you was, who do you think might be a bigger loss? Luel Deng or Damari Carroll cuz without Carroll I don't know who covers George, uh, Joe Johnson. <sighs> man, I
1: don't it's it's bad man. Like if the the Heat lose Deng, I mean it's not that bad if the Heat lose it is pretty bad if the Heat lose, lose Deng, but it's not that bad at the same time. Like they have like replacements for him. Like they could just play Joe Johnson more or they could just play uh, Gerald Green more. The Raptors, there's no real replacement on the Raptors. I mean, you could play James Johnson, but James Johnson is not going to give you any threes. You know, his defense is a little bit spotty. Yeah, I would say, you know, if you lose if you lose Carroll, it's a bigger blow. Yeah, well, what do you think?
0: I agree with you 100% because all I fear right now is these bigs that have scorched, well, these stretch threes that have scorched the Raptors year after year after year. Joe Johnson was one of them back in the Brooklyn series. And if Wade can get some help, because all Miami has right now is Wade, and the occasional Dragic run here and there, and then he disappears again. But if Wade can get some consistent help, which we know Joe Johnson can be streaky, um, I fear for these next two games, like, big time. <laughs> wow. Well, at Isn't least they're crazy? Ha-
1: I mean, the, the, You're not crazy. You know what? You're haunted by the Joe Johnson nightmares.
0: It's not that's even funny. just that's... Joe Johnson, though, man. It was Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce. Like, any stretch three that's a hybrid four has destroyed the Raptors for years now. And we finally have a guy that can cover it in Damari. And naturally, he has to get hurt in one of the biggest games of the year. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, you, know, you only have him, Terrence Ross, which is, you know, he's been tortured. He is the person that's been tortured by those people. So I can't imagine him really guarding anybody in down the stretch, like in further games.
0: Don't get me started on Terrence Ross. You get good Terry, then you get bad Terry. At least no, he's got I, Amber Rose, right? So he's always good.
1: <laughs> yeah, at least he has Amber Rose. You know, I like the way I like the way he's transformed as a player now. He used to be like this tentative three-point shooter. Sometimes he, you know, he has this athleticism that rivals Demar. Now he's turned into this guy who just comes off the bench and he's like, "I'm going to shoot it every time. Every time he touches the ball, he's going to shoot it." So I would rather have that version of Terrence Ross where he's going to shoot it all the time instead of the Terrence Ross where he's like he'll shoot twice and he goes 0-2 and then he just will never shoot the ball again.
0: Do you think that Jerry Stackhouse has helped him a lot this year? He was the Browns assistant coach and a lot of the way Terrence Ross is playing now like you're saying shooting with I don't want to say reckless abandon but a lot more confidence where like you said if he misses two shots he's going to keep shooting it. It reminds me of Stackhouse at times.
1: Yeah absolutely man I I just love it. I honestly love it. I love it when he comes on now. I love the headband. You know, he's bringing... He's finally settled on wearing the headband all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is key. I mean, aesthetically, he looks much better, so I'll give you that. Yeah. Maybe maybe Amber noticed that, too, and that's what uh, sparked there.
1: Hey, man, he does... People you can invite into your life that just make everything better. You know, if you're better, if you feel better off the floor, he'll play better on the floor. I remember. <laughs> when, I'm a big,
0: I'm a big believer in that, so I totally agree <laughs> with you. I
1: remember when um, shoot, I think it was like Monty Williams' uh, wife had died. It was last year where the team he was part of. The, I think he was part of the Thunder, and the Thunder just like mm-hmm. was not able to perform.
0: It was like, this year, actually. Yeah, this year. Yeah,
1: and that's when like the Thunder had gone on the. This huge, like, questionable losing, like, it wasn't a streak, but they had been losing, like, nine of the past 11 games. And this was, like, right after she died. And it was, like, negatively impacting the team, man. So things that, can have, things that happen to you outside of the court will definitely affect you. It's just like if you, you know, you have your job right now and say, like, you know, your girlfriend broke up with you, you're getting a divorce. Like, you're not going to be fully concentrated on the work you're doing.
0: Well, I totally agree. That's why you stay single and play the field, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> <just> so. <laughs> <laughs> to uh get back to a serious point though the heat went six of 21 from three again tonight they didn't shoot very well um game four they were what i'm pretty sure they made two or three three two or three threes only that's yeah. like a tongue twister in itself what do you credit the raptors recent success defend the perimeter to? because they were the second worst team all season to defend the perimeter and now all of a sudden they've been lights out
1: i honestly i honestly don't really credit the raptors for that because the He'd have been like the worst three point shooting team in the league the entire season. I think when they lost Chris Chris Bosch, they actually started shooting better from three. Yep. That's not just because um he got better three point shooters, it's just that the team was able to play faster and there's just more space. People are able to move around. Like Chris Bosch is a great three point shooter, but he's like a half court three point shooter. He's not gonna run in transition and hit trail threes, right? He's gonna be like he's all you ball know, a little bit.
0: Yeah, you have to like
1: run the pick and pick and roll. And, you know he's open, so you dish him the ball, and he's at the three point line. and He'll hit it. Whereas if you're playing like Joe Johnson now, at least you know if you're in transition, he'll even though Joe Johnson isn't that fast, he'll still be able to have the foot speed to catch up to the fast break and hit the trail three.
0: No, I totally agree with you there. I mean, CB four is a great pick and pop shooter. Um, he's just a great set shooter all around. One mm-hmm. thing I noticed in Miami though, when I was breaking down this series before it starting was. Uh, Luel Dang and Josh Richardson shoot the vast majority of the three balls. Now, of course, playoff the way Wade chips in with his threes all of a sudden, which is I don't get it, man. How is this like happening? <laughs> Dude, he is just brilliant out there. I don't I don't get it. He's made two threes since the All Star break, and he's got like I think a dozen this series already. Yeah, it's ridiculous, it's un-
1: unbelievable, and he just doesn't. You know, he never shoots them. You know, it would be a great evolution in his um in his playing career, if he was able to shoot them, but I think it's just like, it's so late now that I don't think he would be able to. I don't think some...
0: Dwayne Wade could ever transition to just being like a jump shooter, though. So much of his game is based off slashing and drawing fouls and just working the ball off the dribble. It's it's insane. What he yeah, does. but it,
1: his pump fake would be that much more effective, man, with the
0: three-point shot. I mean, he'll get that much more superstar <laughs> calls, too. You saw the Phantom MJ call on the fadeaway there that he got? Yeah. I think it was DeRozan's yeah, yeah. fourth foul. That was terrible.
1: Hey man, it's your favorite referees, Tony Brothers and uh, Scott Boston.
0: I tell you what, they're going to get Game Seven, and I'm not even. I'm just going to mail it in I'll be oh. so depressed because <laughs> we'll get royally screwed somehow. Not like San Antonio Spurs screwed. I mean, you saw okay. the, what, look they the, did. the Thunder's wins on in San Antonio, both controversial.
1: Where Kawhi had, uh, fouled who had the ball? It was Russell Westbrook, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. they had fouled him. That was they Kawhi that tried to foul him. him. He hugged him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he tried... Well, he he did foul him, but they didn't call it. And then he went for the layup and got fouled for the and one. Crazy, man. I can't believe that this is... I can't believe that that actually happened to them. Because the Spurs, you know, the... I wouldn't say that they're, like, this um, team that's untouchable. But they're, like, a well-respected team, you know. Things like that don't really happen to the Spurs.
0: That's why I thought it would be so fitting. I'm like, the Spurs get screwed twice. They never say anything. Maybe this will finally be the time where Popovich says something and... Uh... We get this whole implosion, but true Spurs fashion, you know, you get calls, you don't get calls. I'm pretty sure Pop just took the high road with it, and he basically put some nice words together and walked out of there with his head up. It's typical right. Spurs.
1: You know, I think that, you know, if you're a coach, Pop, you have, like, so much equity with the referees that you kind of, it's almost like you give them, you know, how your parents will, like, give you the look yeah. if, they're, if they're upset at you. That's <laughs> So he probably just does that to the ref, you know, he gives him the look, he's like, I know you screwed up, and the ref is like, I know, and he's just like, don't, next time.
0: Don't do it again, yeah, go <laughs> to <Yeah>. your room. And <laughs> hey, what's been your favorite playoff series so far? What's been your uh, most enjoyable one to watch?
1: Um, it would have to be the Thunder of the Spurs right now, man, it's just, or maybe it would be the, the Trailblazers versus the Warriors, was just, say, because that's
0: Steph, a pretty good
1: just because Steph, I mean, Draymond Green has been showing out for real, man, he's been... 20 points in his previous game, and he's like triple doubles. Yo, he's
0: yeah. balling all the time. It's ridiculous. Him and Clay. And Three point like shooting. That. Yeah. Where like, sh- would that come from? I don't know, man. It's,
1: I feel like uh, when Steph Curry went out, he's just like, it's my, you know, his personality is like, it's my time. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's finally my time to show these people that I'm the best player uh, on the team. And he's just, uh, I mean, he's. I remember at the beginning of the season, remember when Joe Lacob had said Draymond Green is a top-ten player, and everybody was like, "Ah, you know, he's really good. He's kind of a system player. Yeah, byproduct. Right? And look at him now. Everybody's like, oh, my God. Everybody would kill somebody to have Draymond Green on their team.
0: Well, who's more important of a secondary player in Golden State? Draymond or Clay?
1: It's Draymond Green, man. I think so, too. You can, to a degree, you can kind of replace Clay Thompson. Like, He's a great defender, don't get me wrong. And he's, you know probably like one of the, I would say like the second best shooter in the league. but his shooting is, you know, I could replace that with A.J. Redick or somebody else, right? And then the defense, the team is already such a great defensive team that I don't like, I don't need his defense. It's great to have it. That's what makes him amazing on defense, but I don't need it to be a, a great team. Like You could probably still win the championship if Clay Thompson wasn't on the team. Maybe I sound crazy to Warriors fans.
0: Yeah, I think that would sound crazy to a lot of Warriors fans because they're so spoiled. They just get it's just the Splash Brothers all the time.
1: Yeah, but if you know, imagine if you had, yeah, if you had JJ Redick on that team, does it does it get like significantly worse? I don't know if they get worse.
0: I don't think so. JJ Redick in a free flowing system like that, that's eighteen a night, easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's he's a lot better than people think. He's evolved so much since he came out of college.
1: Yeah, he doesn't only shoot the three. I mean, he's getting layups off of curls. No, he oh, yes. added
0: up too. Now, for starters, I mean the guy's <laughs> whole image has changed.
1: Him and Lyle, no Messi, man, they're on.
0: It's all crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they go from these clean-cut white guys to now, you know, they're I don't know what to put them as cover of Vanity Fair dudes with tattoos. It's it's something else.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's get back on track. So, Game Six, where are we lo- what are you looking for in Game Six? You think it, you think it's over, or do you think we're going to Game Seven, or
0: what's going on? I'll be on? honest, I do think we're going to seven. Um for the only reason that the Raptors have had such a hard time stringing two good games together this whole postseason, and even to a certain extent wrapping it up in the end of the regular season there, they had a really tough time putting two good games together. Um, the injury of Carroll obviously concerns me. I mean, I feel like Joe Johnson is finally going to be the secondary help that Miami's been looking for, and I just don't see Spolster putting two bad games together as a coach. I think he's a little bit better of a coach than Casey, not a lot better, and I just feel like Casey making adjustments again. Spoelstra will make adjustments to Casey now, and that's gonna it's gonna cost the Raptors. Then we'll go to seven, and we'll bite our nails and hope for the best. What about yourself?
1: You know, I had made a prediction at the beginning of this series. Like, I don't what my analysis was early on was uh, I don't see how the Heat are gonna be shooting are gonna be able to shoot threes. You know, Jonas is playing amazingly right now, and uh, Raptors in six.
0: That's what I said, and I think you gotta stick to it now. I'm
1: going to stick to it. I'm going to say Raptors and Six are going to win two games in a row in Miami. They're winning the game in
0: Miami. That's big for them. That's really big for them. Because they've been a fantastic home team this year, but road, not so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, in the past, they've been kind of, like, shaky at home. So I'm kind of happy to see them being able to hold home court now. Well,
0: What don't do you think know, is going to be the key to victory for them in Game 6, though? I feel like, if you're going to go out and say, is it just sticking your prediction here, or you've got uh, some reasons for it? I need one good game from De Mar- DeRozan
1: or one good game from Lowry. That's you just much a,
0: So now you're yeah. asking for back-to-back?
1: I just, you know, I just need one or, one or the other. Like uh, Kyle Lowry, t- 9 of 25. If you can give me 12 of 25 instead. And then DeMar DeRozan, you know he shot 11 of 22. If he shot 9 for 25. No, you think they win with that? Yeah. 99 points this game. No, I don't think Miami's even scored 100 points in the playoffs.
0: I don't think so either. Actually, no, I think they had the one game in Charlotte where they really lit it up.
1: Yeah, so if I can get 99 points, yeah. I mean, hopefully Damari Carroll is able to play. Even if he's playing just, like, spot minutes, it would be effective, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that'd be perfect, especially because he covered Joe Johnson. Mm Because if he doesn't, it's going to be, who, DeRozan? (laughs) Patterson?
1: Yeah, oh, man.
0: You can't put Powell. I don't think he's got the length to cover Joe Johnson.
1: That and, like... With him versus uh, Dwayne Wade or Joe Johnson, that post-up, like, subtle, like, you know, I'm going to hit you to the to the right, fade away jumper, or, you know, hesitate to the left, crossover, go right, floater, or stuff like that. Like, those little subtle moves, he's just, like, not caught on to those. And then he's just a rookie, so it's not really something yeah. you can blame him for.
0: That jab step and then the hesitation pump fake is, it just kills him every time this series so far. Yeah. Well, I've kind of defaulted that Wade's going to drop 30 anyway, so I feel like he's popping on Joe Johnson. Man, play weight <laughs> in Miami's a shoe in thirty come playoff time. It's been it's been ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's an elimination game too, so I'm expecting to have a big game.
0: Well, with a big elimination game, you know, the biggest bandwagon sports fan in all of the world right now, arguably, is uh happens to be a Toronto ambassador. So do we get Drake big... or no Drake for game six? It's a clinching man, he's gotta <laughs> be there to pop bottles with the boys. He's gotta, you know, show up Never... for the six, quote unquote.
1: Yeah, it feels like he didn't expect them to get out of the first round because right? he, hasn't, he hasn't showed up in the second round at all. And like This is like the biggest moment in Raptors history. They've never made it to the second round after a seven-game series, you know? It's their he first seven-game
0: seven s- series they won in history, actually. Right, so now they're in
1: the second round, and they may even go to the third round or, you know, the conference finals. Can you imagine that as like a Raptors fan being in the conference finals? So why isn't he there?
0: So we both agree that he's going to bandwagon and show up for game six and possibly seven.
1: No, I'm. I honestly think he's not gonna show. He'll show up to Game Seven. If there's a Game Seven, he'll show up to that for sure.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, he has, he has to. to. He'll Probably give like a free concert too, like he's been doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, because remember in uh, Game Seven of the Pacers series, he was. He showed up. You know when he, his album dropped, and he's like on the balcony watching the game on that big screen behind mm-hmm.
0: uh, Jurassic, Jurassic
1: Park. Park. Yep. Yep.
0: Okay. Actually, you know what? Before we get out, grade me on Dwayne Casey. What do you think of Dwayne Casey so far this postseason? Oh, this postseason you know, if
1: we're gonna say everything, it's probably like a B, maybe even a B plus. I mean if the if you just if the you know, his lineups have been pretty good, he's actually been able to like adapt to the the changing teams. Like I remember he was playing Scola and people were cry I was like insane. I'm back in Saint Catharines at school and I'm like, please just stop playing Scola. It was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and then, you know, eventually he stopped playing school, and he's playing more uh, Patrick Patterson, you know, Norman Powell's getting minutes, and then in this series, Norman Powell was getting torched, so he's like, okay, I'm going to go away from him, play more Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is playing, you know, okay, playing better than Powell, and he's been able to recognize, the you know, the lineups, and he's been able to make the changes, but the defense is great too, you know, nobody's really scoring 100 points on the team. It's just, man, offense, like... <laughs> If the Raptors could just score... If the Raptors score 100, like 110 points, it'd be like a miracle for this Raptors team.
0: It'd be like a Golden State score. that They're probably shooting over 50% if they do that. Yeah, based exactly. Based on the way they've been playing. And they're probably burying like 10 triples too. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. is so, a lot for them right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, they'd even score 100 this game. They scored 99, and they had that huge run in the second quarter. So I can't really... I can't, you know, I got to dock them for offense. But defense, lineups... Been good. I gotta be honest, man. I'm like a huge, I'm a huge critic of Dwayne Casey, him and DeMar DeRozan, and I'm just, you know, I gotta give it up to him. He's he's playing great defense. You know, Bismack, Bismack is, you know, Bismack and JV have really been, I think, I feel like they've been saving them.
0: Especially the Raptors of postseason. They're the biggest unsung heroes.
1: Especially JV, and I don't know how many people really realize it, but he was scoring 18 points a game. You know, and the Raptors, especially last game, not not the game that just happened, game four, they were, like, they were dying to score without him. There was, like, no way they were capable of doing it. Every time that they made a, like, you know, every time they took a shot, it's a rebound, and then Bismack grabs the rebound, he has to dish it out to somebody. Versus JV, he grabs a rebound, you know, it's like a jump hook or, like, he could post somebody up and draw a foul in the middle. Maybe he can uh, dish it out, or maybe he brings the ball out a little bit and he uh, goes into his face up, you know, with his jump shots. But for Biombo, I, he just dishes it out, or it's a foul.
0: That's fair, and he racks up Kobe assists off DeRozan misses, so I don't mind yeah, at all.
1: You know, Demar DeRozan is uh, the new Kobe.
0: <laughs> don't, don't even go there. I'm sure he thinks that his own mind. I just. Like I said, it's too soon for this tomorrow Con <laughs> Talk and contracts and I'm happy he played well. I'm happy he played well. I'll leave it at that. You know I'll just leave it at that. There's only
1: there's only so many uh two guards that don't shoot threes
0: anymore, so yeah, well, he's one of them. He shoots yeah. twenty what, eighteen foot twos instead. Yeah. That's his yeah. thing. Or twenty feet. Or twenty three feet even. He'll go one foot inside the lines. Yeah, man.
1: I just that's what his next step you know, maybe we'll talk about this like when it's near the off season when Like, the Raptors, if they get eliminated, who knows, they might win the championship. And then, you know, DeMar DeRozan has billions of dollars, not millions, billions of dollars laid at his feet.
0: Dude, (laughs) if they beat Cleveland, and then by some godforsaken fluke, they beat OKC, Golden State, or San Antonio, would that not be one of the biggest upsets in sports history?
1: Yeah, I mean, and especially since it's
0: Toronto, you know. Yeah, Canada.
1: Yeah, exactly. The Americans
0: would be so pissed. <laughs> I mean, Detroit beating the Lakers that year was one thing, but, you know, they're like, ah, oh, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace. They're a good team. They're a good team. But they'd right. be like, Kyle Lowry, DeRozan, Val- 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 Valanciunas, Valanchunas? Oh. how do you say his name? They What's, would that just on the...
1: What's that on the U? I don't even know what that yeah.
0: is. <laughs> I feel like that would oh, be a huge be... upset if they pulled off. Although, let's face yeah. it, they're not beating the Cavs.
1: All right, so... You have anything else to see for this game?
0: No, I think you know what. I'm happy with the result. It was a quality ending there. Um, happy they got the W, especially in wired wire fashion. So uh, on that, I think we can just wrap it up and get out of here. Um, right. Demar, I know you haven't wrote anything for the site yet. Uh, when can fans expect to find something from you?
1: If not tomorrow, the day after, something to be out. I guarantee it.
0: Okay, I'll be excited to see that. Um, where can they find you on Twitter as well? Twitter handle. Let's hear all that.
1: Demar JG. And then I'll be at Tip of the Tower hanging out with you guys.
0: Right on. He'll be a good summer. I'm happy to have you on, man. Uh, With that, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the show this week. Um, We'll be back here more regularly, myself and Damar. If you want to reach out to the show, you can reach out to us on Twitter, at Tip of the Tower, or you can like our Facebook page and comment to us there. It's also at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Chris O'Kranitz. And again, if you want to reach out to Damar, one of the newest writers we have here, very talented man, X's knows basketball, he, he's got it all covered in that regard. You can reach him on Twitter at JG. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Enjoy Game 6, guys. Take care. Take care.